0: Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomie*, Goddess of Victory Written by Dario Knight And performed by Erica Sanderson CHAPTER FIVE THE STARS With the pain in her side abating, the Professor redressed herself in her Victorian garb. One of the Iceni women had made a fine job of patching her shirt and waistcoat back together. Though hardly a job worthy of Bond Street, the Professor liked the patchwork effect. It was imperfect. As all things should be, she'd grinned to herself. The following day had been spent in the company of Boudicca's two daughters, Eowyn and Mildretha. Though Eowyn was the older of the pair, fast approaching womanhood, they both held a maturity beyond their years. They conversed freely with the Professor in a way no child of her own time would address an adult. No child, perhaps, other than the Professor herself, who had spent far more of her youth in the company of adults than fellow infants. As well as a clear facial similarity to their mother, Both daughters bore her fiery red hair. Eowyn's was tied neatly behind her back, but Mildretha matched Boudicca's more unruly mane. Their temperaments matched their tresses. Eowyn remained calm and contemplative, whilst Mildretha scampered this way and that with energetic enthusiasm. Neither had thus far displayed the temper of their forebear. They had spent the morning in the nearby woodland, examining all manner of flora and fauna, The girls had a fair understanding of trees and their identifying aspects, and some knowledge of which fungi were safe to pick and eat, but of flowers and herbs they knew less. The professor had darted in all directions, leaping from one clutch of blooms to the next, expounding upon their qualities and properties with ebullience. At one instant she'd paused, wondering if she was, in fact, giving entirely anachronistic names to things. No matter, she'd said aloud, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. "'That's a pretty phrase,' Eowyn had smiled. "'Yes,' the Professor agreed, "'although we're perhaps getting a little ahead of ourselves there. "'Now then, dandelions.' The excursion had been a blissful one. The girls had revelled in their tutor's impish sense of wonder, and the Professor had rejoiced in seeing it shared by them. Such kind and caring women, she thought to herself, and having lived through such awful things— a moment of sadness had passed before she'd leapt towards a nearby brook and launched into a lesson on the life cycle of frogs. In the quiet moments when Eowyn and Mildretha would study the bubbling waters in search of a new creature, the Professor's mind wandered back to her own formative years. The seemingly endless summer days spent exploring with her father, the excitement of navigating through the unknown. The fascination of hearing his indefatigable knowledge of the world spun deftly from fact to fiction at the fireside each night, and such nights they shared under the stars. Then home again, to recount it all to her mother, who would hang on every word and cheekily correct the finer matters her husband had gotten wrong in his lectures. The afternoon was spent riding. Both of Boudicca's daughters were already experienced horsewomen. They rode for miles out into the untouched countryside of the ancient world, the two girls joyfully chattering about all they'd learned from their mother about horses, how to ride them, how to raise them, how to read the terrain. The professor had listened to them, as all good teachers she knew must. She dutifully asked questions to which she knew the answers, but remained rapt by the responses, just as the girls had been by her own that morning. Upon returning to camp, They eschewed the chores of cookery in favour of archery practice. Whilst expounding on the finer matters of wind resistance, tactical aim and balance, the girls had giggled at the professor's incessant humming of a particular bouncy tune each time she was concentrating on a shot. They had asked of the music's origin. Don't tell William, she'd whispered with a smile, that never ceased to inspire laughter in the two girls. When evening fell, the last lesson of the day came upon them the one the Professor had looked forward to most of all. Moving away from the camp to a clearing in the dense woodland that surrounded it, they lay upon the grass and looked up at the stars, which shone brightly in a cloudless sky. The Professor eagerly delved into mapping the many constellations and recounting the stories and fables behind each of them. The Professor had always gazed at the stars, even as a baby. As she looked up at them now, Her mind wandered back to the years she'd spent travelling with her father. There she was, in her family home on Atwell Street, almost two thousand years into the future. She was packing for the next adventure. My, did you wail when we brought you home, her mother had told her that rainy afternoon. You'd wake in the night, and the only thing louder than you was the sheer wave of irritation from the neighbours. I tried every trick my mother taught me to calm you down, and none of them worked. "'was as though you'd no concept I was even there. "'Luckily, I soon learnt the trick. "'What trick?' the young professor had asked, "'as she hurried this way and that, fetching items for her suitcase. "'To show you the stars,' her mother sighed happily. "'I'd take you from your cot, wrap you up in the biggest blanket I could find, "'and we'd go into the garden. "'Just you, me, and a million stars. "'You'd look up at the sky and you'd stop crying.' Oh, how you'd coo and giggle at them, grabbing hold of my hand with your tiny fingers and smiling at me with that beautiful grin. It never failed. And that's when I knew. Knew what? That as long as you could see the stars, you'd find your way back to me. The Professor lay in the clearing, a tear rolling down her cheek. How far she'd travelled. But now, separated from Astrid, with the ship powerless to get them away from ancient Britain. She wondered if at last the stars might fail her. Her meditation was broken by the sound of shouting some distance away. She sat up and the two girls joined her. "'What was that?' she asked, readying herself for an attack. "'That'll be the sacrifice,' Mildrethor answered matter-of-factly. "'What sacrifice?' the Professor frowned. "'Soon we march on Verilamium,' Eowyn explained. There'll be a nightly sacrifice to Andraste to ensure success. Andraste, the Professor pondered, recalling Boudicca's claim that her pendant had been a gift from the Goddess of Victory. She looked solemnly back up to the sky. More blood. Oh, there's never any of that, Mildreda said brightly. Hush, chided Eowyn, sensing the subject was not to their tutor's liking. No blood, mused the Professor, reluctantly intrigued. Then how? They just disappear, Mildretha smiled. Mother has them tied to an oak tree. She leaves them, the sky lights up, and in the morning they're gone. The sky? The professor frowned. As if to answer her, there came an intense light burning through the trees to their right. A single sonorous note rang out, stifling a scream. The professor's heart leapt to her mouth, then a curious sensation in one of her pockets broke her concentration. She reached inside and pulled out her chronometer. The casing was vibrating. She held it up towards where the light was burning, and it shook more intensely, as if reacting to the blaze. Slowly the glow faded, but the Professor remained transfixed. The light. The silver light of the temporal river. Something was amiss with time, and it was connected, she was certain, with Boudicca's necklace, the curious pendant that she knew she had seen before. It was a watch's cog, and no ordinary one at that. The ball-bearing design allowing the inner and outer rings to run contrary to one another was something she herself had helped to develop. Here, around the neck of an ancient warrior queen, hung a component of the Professor's ship, a gift from the Goddess of Victory. Chronicles of Professor Chronomie, Goddess of Victory, an Unbound Theatre production written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod.